brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where we give you the features on the site totally free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. So to start things out here uh, this evening, there's some pretty big news. I'm I'm hoping we can actually find somebody to talk about this because I, I don't want to read this lengthy order from the Circuit Court of the Ninth Judicial Circuit uh, in Orange County in Osceola County, Florida. It's the top news story right now at freetalklive.com. Now, the way our website works is you, the listener, get to go and submit whatever you want to the site. Maybe it's a news article or a blog post or a video or, in this case, a Facebook note that was written by somebody down in Florida. You can submit whatever you want, whatever URL you want, and then other listeners can, at that uh, at that point, vote on what they like and what they don't like, and the most liked make it up to the the you know the front and the top of the website for more people to see. So you can go and participate in that. You can vote. You can submit things, etc. Go to freetalklive.com. So that's how this came to my attention here tonight. Is that uh, in Orlando? There's a great group of activists, and I got a chance to meet some of them at uh, last year's Porcupine Freedom Festival, which we'll tell you more about. The new Pork Fest registration is open. We've got a discount code for you. We'll give you that in a little bit. Uh, but last year, there was a great group of folks that came up from the Orlando area. Like they, I think they came up two carloads full of people to experience the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and really nice guys. Uh, one of them, John Kurtz, has kind of made a name for himself as the... Uh, I don't know, ringleaders, not the, probably the wrong word to use, but the primary uh, civil disobedient up there. He is apparently the man, a man who has the financial ability to do civil disobedience, and he he has been doing it. He was the guy that put together the, uh, was it the, I guess the homeless. They, they had outlawed in Orlando, two miles from City Hall, outlawed any feeding of the homeless. So John Kurtz decided to go in and feed the homeless on the uh, steps of City Hall, and he did it, and the news media covered uh, they covered it, and then he ended up doing it again, and he you know was not arrested for it, which is great, right? Great successful uh, instance of civil disobedience. He uh, has also been you know doing some other things that uh, involve civil disobedience up there. It's been really you know fun watching from a distance, and. I guess one of the other things they've been doing has been some fully informed jury outreach, which, of course, you know, FIJA outreach, fully informed jury association. It's where you're letting jurors know or potential jurors, you're letting them know that they can say not guilty when they're on the jury because of their feelings on the law, because of their opinion about the law. About the law. Right. Not as to whether or not the law was broken, but whether, well, this law sucks. So not guilty. I don't care whether he broke it or not. Not guilty. That's what the point of jury nullification outreach or FIJA outreach is. And so these guys in Orlando have apparently apparently been doing that, but that's not as, you know, it doesn't have the sizzle that uh, civil disobedience does. It's not as, uh, you know, photographic. Uh, it's just not as much. It's it's a regular thing that occurs. It's just something that it's an effective, it's I think. It's just pamphleting. I mean, there's nothing yeah. to view. Well, I think it's an effective uh, form of, uh, of activism. I, I do it personally, and I've done it a lot, and I highly recommend people do it. It's one of those things you can do anywhere, and you can do it with a relatively small amount of people. And you can reach people with a fairly important message. So apparently they have been reaching people outside of the Orlando courthouses because now – there is an order that is, as I mentioned, very lengthy. I'm not going to read it. You know, it's a bunch of legalese from the court. But it's my understanding that they are basically saying, and I'll uh, you know see if I can break this down, but they're basically saying that uh, if you are doing fully informed jury outreach, you will be considered in contempt of court. 
So if you're outside of the building, that uh, the court building, and you do for fully informed jury association outreach, which is just informing people of their thousand-year right as a juror to uh, find somebody not guilty if you do not think that the law itself is just. Um, you know, I, I, I don't understand. It shall be prohibited on the Orange County Courthouse Complex grounds. And then they go on to explain lengthily what the courthouse complex is considered uh, it is the uh, the parking garage, apparently, the courthouse courtyard, all other grounds surrounding the courthouse, and then they give intersections from the intersection of Orange Avenue and Livingston Street to the intersection of wherever. So a fair, it sounds to me like a fairly large swath. I don't know. We'll have to pull up a Google map or something like that and, and figure out what they consider the courthouse complex. I mean, this is Orlando, Florida. It's a fairly big city, uh, so I imagine that this is a large Area because in a larger area there are more bureaucrats for the courthouse and so I guess anywhere where a you know court bureaucrat might be considered to be or anyone with court business might be parking or walking they will likely consider to be the courthouse complex effectively attempting to ban any sort of jury outreach on the so-called public property that surrounds the uh, this courthouse. I'd like to, to to just juxtapose the difference between what's going on there in Florida and what's going on here in New Hampshire. Exactly. I was earlier earlier this week, it may have been last week, I'm not 100% sure. I drove to Concord in order to sit in on the public hearing for the hearing of a bill that's that's supported by the speaker of the house that would require judges to inform juries of their right to nullify Wow. So, awesome. you know, you're talking about... Does it, it have a chance, do you think? It, it, as my understanding, basically, it is um, the, it's the libertarians' bill to lose, um, meaning that it will go through if nobody acts stupid and goes in there and, you know, a uh, bunch of shenanigans or whatever. The dissemination of all leaflets and other materials to summon jurors containing written or pictorial information tending to influence summoned jurors, as well as in approaching as approaching a summoned juror for the purpose of displaying a sign to or engaging in oral protest, education or counseling with information tending talking. They're <laughs> talking. They're outlawing talking. And holding signs and giving out That uh, could be an leaflets. interesting court case uh, violating the First Amendment. Education or counseling with information tending to influence summoned jurors on any matter, question, cause, or proceeding which may be pending or which may be uh, by law brought before him or her as such a juror shall be prohibited on the courthouse complex grounds. Uh, this, this rule or whatever it is. Uh, this is an is, order from the judge. Okay, it's an order. So it's not even a law. Uh, I, th- I think that has uh, some serious holes in it, and it, I don't think they'd ever want this to be uh, a court to be case. Challenged, yeah, be, be challenged in a but court it's, case. It's, it's it's not a you can't. I don't know how you challenge an order, a, an order from a judge without being arrested. Yeah, that says contempt of court. Well, somebody would have to be arrested, and then you but, could. But, but challenge you, don't, you won't get arrested for this. At least my experience. That's true. It's contempt. Here, so you just go straight here to jail. Here in New Hampshire, they don't arrest you for um for contempt of court. They just grab you and throw you in jail. Contempt of court isn't a law. Contempt of court is a power of the the juror. That's a good point because that's what happened to our friend Adamo last week. Uh, he was put in a jail uh, jail cell for 60 days for speaking out uh, his speaking his mind in court and uh, and yeah, there I don't know if you can appeal contempt of court. There is 
Can how do you do that? I, I'd be very curious if there are any lawyerly types listening in our audience tonight to please explain. Is it even possible? Because I actually just came from a meeting of some activists here in town where we all got together to talk about some of the things that we can do to help out a demo who's currently, as I said, in jail for sixty days. And pretty much the suggestion is, if he wants to get out, he's going to have to beg. Of course he is. Right. I mean, he's going to have to uh, subvert himself and apologize and, you know, say he'll be a good boy, which is what got me out when I was in the exact same uh, circumstance, when I was sentenced to 93 days for contempt of court. So as far as other legal options, there's a judicial conduct committee here in New Hampshire. Maybe there's something like that in in Orlando, but they don't do anything. You can complain to them, and they'll just kick it right back in your face. And then apparently there's some sort of legislative thing where maybe the legislators could kick a a judge out or I don't know what kind of uh, power or control the legislators might have over releasing a man from prison is that possible or is that something the governor you know can do i don't know what all the uh, i don't the think ins- so yeah i don't the think the, i don't think i honestly don't believe the governor has the power to let someone out who's in contempt of court only uh, some superior judge the judge or some superior judge it would seem to me well none of us are lawyers on this show we certainly you know can't give legal advice but nonetheless the, question the lawyers being- don't know either um i mean the suggestion <laughs> this that that's the dumbest suggestion that they always make it like if you put 10 lawyers in a room and ask them the same question you'll probably get six different answers like tax attorneys all right more coming up here at 800-259-9231 the SACL cai toll-free line major crackdown on free speech happening in orlando you can take control bring up anything this is free talk live How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November 2011. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're as low as $535 double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. Control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site totally free, so enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. And the features on our site include the bulletin board system. You can get interactive there with other Free Talk Live listeners. And you can go to bbs.freetalklive.com to do it. It's totally free, like the rest of our website, P- uh, bbs.freetalklive.com. It's the Totasack. It's the one-trip wonder for hauling goods from your vehicle to your home. It's a retail grocery bag carrier. It's made of 100% recycled materials right here in, in the U.S. And you, once you use the Totasack, you will be amazed at how useful it is. And you'll be like, I never want to carry groceries without the Totasack again. Go check it out at totasack.us, T-O-T-A-S-A-K dot U-S, and uh, get yourself a family pack. You can get get a, get six of them for $16.95. So 17 bucks. you'll have uh, three pairs. You can give a couple away to some friends, and they'll really appreciate it once they get a chance to use them. Totasack.us. 
All right, so we started the show out here tonight with some pretty outrageous news out of Orlando, Florida. And I know folks are on the line. They want to talk about something else, and we will get to you. But I wanted to talk to James Cox, who is the man behind releasing this order uh, that he posted over at Facebook. It's right at the top of freetalklive.com tonight, which is a lengthy order. We've read some excerpts from it uh, that essentially has banned any sort of outreach to, to potential jurors in what they're calling the Osceola County Courthouse Complex Grounds. Now, I pulled up a map, uh, Google Maps, during the, the break there, and I'm looking at the, the streets because they, they say here that you cannot do anything that could possibly influence a summon juror, including displaying a sign and speaking to them and you know giving them flyers. Within the Courthouse Complex Grounds, they define what those are, and looking here at the map, it is essentially two more than two city blocks uh, the, because the courthouse itself and the parking lot take up what a, it's approximately four city blocks. Uh, that's what they're essentially saying, that you cannot occupy this area that is it's a huge swath of land. And that uh, apparently you can be on the sidewalk on the outer perimeter of this area, but anywhere else inside it, that's a problem. Beyond that, they also say that uh, apparently, regardless of whether the conduct occurs on the courthouse complex grounds, any person who influences the judgment or decision of any grand or petit juror on any matter, question, cause, or proceeding, which may be pending or which by law may be brought before him or her as such a juror, may be in violation of some section of the Florida statutes. I haven't taken the time to see what that means. But James Cox is with us here, and he is... Was, is the uh, coordinator for the entire state of Florida for the Fully Informed Jury Association. Is that right, James? Yeah, I was. Um, I don't know what's happening with the position, but uh, I guess we'll we'll find out shortly. So, um, yeah, this order was actually made by um, Chief, Just, uh, Chief Judge Belvin Perry, Jr., and it was made on uh, Monday, January 31. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically what he's doing, he's shutting down freedom of speech at this Orange County courthouse, which uh, if you go and Google it and look for photographs of this thing, it's a huge, as you just pointed out, monstrous building. You know, I, I can't possibly believe that there are that there is that much crime that warrants such a building of this magnitude. Oh, it, there's not that you. much real it's crime. Like, I mean, they probably pack that place full of uh, people that get caught with plants in their pocket and uh, speeding or something like that. Victimless crime, yeah. Yep. So you but, have, you've actually um, you've actually been on the scene here. You you understand the the scope of this. This is huge. This is four city blocks where uh, these people have said you can't hold signs, you can't pass things out, you can't even talk uh, to people that we don't say you can talk yeah. to. Yeah, it says basically, the order says that basically you cannot assert your First Amendment right to inform people about their rights when they serve on a jury. That's that's basically what it's saying. And what this is doing is this is, this is a, I believe it's a um, order that's unjust. Um, you know, what this judge is doing here is stopping individuals from being educated on their rights, not only judge the facts of the case, but the law itself. And as you know, Ian, and uh, I guess, you know, quite a number of your listeners know that when you do serve on a jury, you have the right not only to judge the facts of the case, but the law itself. And if you Mm -hmm. think this is a bad law, if you think that the law is being unjustly applied, you have the right to say not guilty. And it only takes one person on a jury to hang a jury. 
and they are very afraid of this, aren't they, James? I mean, the the, the state. They are, they are because you know what? It's stopping the scam. It's stopping the corruption. Well, the it could <laughs> theoretically, it could stop the scam. I mean, as of right now, we I don't know of anybody who's actually used you know found look out at about. Look at Mazzola. Look at Mazzola, where they couldn't see the jury in the marijuana case. Well, they've it, also it worked. They've also worked very hard to to bury this over over a period of decades, and now it's coming yeah. back, and they don't like it. They sure don't. Right. So now, how long has now, this been going on up in Orlando? Like, how fast did this order come out? Have they only been doing it for a few months, or what's the length of time that FIJA has been uh, FIJA information has been distributed there? Well, I set up the group. I think it was in let's see, uh, my memory serves me right. Probably the end of. Um, July, I went over and started at the federal courthouse, and um, there with my outreach, I met with John Kurtz and Scott Oliver, who live in Orlando, and then John Kurtz and I uh, started talking, and uh, we got a group together, mainly, you know, with uh, John, because John knows a lot of people. And so from that point then, we we carried it forward, and I would travel there on various days and drop off Fiji literature, and the group would stand outside the courthouse, uh, mainly on a Monday morning, mm-hmm. early, and start distributing this information to people, you know, that are going in and out the courthouse or walking by the courthouse. They would hand this information to everybody. So you'd say that but, it's been going um, on for about six months then, and at this point, somebody decided yeah, they... I want, I want, Go ahead. I want to tell you about another incident that happened whilst I was there. Um, there was a public defender, I believe it was a public defender, passed me and said, you know, you guys are really causing a stink in here. Mm. And I said, excuse me. And, and if you go to florida.fija.org, there are mm. videos there. And uh, the gentleman in question was a black gentleman, a public defender. I believe it was a public defender. And he said to me uh, that basically the judges in the courthouse are telling people to disregard the information that the people are uh, handing out outside. Mm. Also, um, there was another public defender that approached me and told me that um, – a case where a girl, the, the the main character in the crime, who'd, who'd robbed a liquor store and then called somebody for a ride. It was a liquor store, a convenience store. He'd already been tried. But what had happened was that this person had called this female. She picked him up and was driving down the road and was stopped by the police. And he apparently robbed someplace. So now she's implicated because she's given him a ride. James, if you can stick with us, be happy to hear more of the story. Yeah, okay, no problem. All right, more with James Cox from the, uh, full, uh, the Fully Informed Jury Association. It's a nationwide organization. We're focusing on what's happening in Florida where a courthouse has banned all freedom of speech as far as outreach to jurors and potential jurors from this so-called complex. 800-259-9231 is the number here. You can take control. It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it is Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. You can get the uh, features there totally free, unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their site. You can go to freetalklive.com. Enjoy things like our Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see that. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Also, if you uh, have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI is the main sponsor of the show. The principal over there, Jason Osborne, is a huge supporter of Liberty and uh, wants to see you know, uh, shows like Free Talk Live do well. And you can help, too, by, well... Sending your accounts receivable business to SACL CAI. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. They treat your customers with respect. They know that not only you want to keep your money, but you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your customers too. It's SACL CAI. So there's a pretty outrageous uh, bit of news that we've been ta- talking about so far this hour. It's right at the top of freetalklive.com tonight. Uh, thanks to James Cox over uh, for posting this to his Facebook. It's an order from an administrative order. From the Ninth Judicial Circuit, uh, the Circuit Court in Osceola and Orange Counties, Florida. It's a humongous uh, courthouse. The courthouse and the parking lot take up like four city blocks. And essentially, this man in the robe has decreed that no one shall hold a sign, shall pass out leaflets, shall speak to uh, do anything to possibly influence a juror. And if they are doing so, shall be found in contempt of court or possibly found in uh, guilty of nine point, excuse me, nine one eight point one two tampering, tampering with, with jurors, the jurors. Now, statute, I thought which was, is a felony, by the way. I thought it was interesting when I was listening that, you know, he wasn't saying that, uh, that the right to nullify does not belong to a juror, uh, that uh, that is that is not a current right. Uh, when I was up in uh, the courthouse in, in excuse me, the uh, the general court in New Hampshire where the uh, legislature meets and they were talking about this bill to require judges to tell jurors about their right to nullify um, at every single court case. That would be an incredible win if that actually succeeds. It it, it likely will. Um, At least that's that's as I understand it. But if not, you've got to try these things over and over again to get them to happen. I've heard it's been tried before and it's done okay. So maybe. Well, this is the year for it, isn't it? In the right direction. Um, So they that the, the one of the Supreme Court justices actually called him an attorney for the Supreme Court, but as I understand, he was one of the Supreme Court justices, mm-hmm. came and said, oh, this isn't necessary. We already do some, something like this. And, you know, he poo-pooed the whole thing. But he was careful to say that, indeed, this is a right. So a Supreme Court justice in the state of New Hampshire says this is a right. A, yep. you know, chief judge in Florida in the Ninth uh, District co- Court says That's that... prohibited speech. Prohibited. You can't... Well, he's not saying that. He's not saying that you don't have the right to nullify. He's just saying it's you cannot influence any of our jurors he's saying it's prohibited speech to try to even talk to them about uh, these matters let's go to uh, james cox who is with us here and james you were telling us a story before we had to go to break there if you could kind of recap that briefly for those just tuning in and uh, continue sure so this defendant was her name was nicole brown and her case uh i believe was on september 20th 21st and 22nd of last year and um, the counts which the defendant was convicted were two counts of robbery with a firearm, two counts of aggravated assault with a firearm, one count of false imprisonment with a weapon, and one count of aggravated battery with a firearm, and one count of fleeing 
elude him with wanton disregard. So anyway, um, <laughs> we're outside, had dig this, uh, these brochures out, apparently. And uh, basically what happens is on September 20th, prior to the commencement of the jury selection on Voyeur, the trial judge calls a bench conference, which he informs defense counsel and the proposing attorney of some literature in the form of pamphlets or brochures that was being handed out to prospective jurors in front of the courthouse. And there were two separate brochures and copies, therefore, attached as defense uh, exhibit A, and the brochures uh, purported to be a form of organization touting themselves as the fully informed jury association, FIJA and the American Jury Institute, and the brochures referred to, amongst other issues, jury notification. Now, what happens here is the judge tells the jury, ignore this garbage that these idiots are handing out outside. Wow. Because it's garbage. Yeah. Well, you know when a man and in a robe says something like that to the easily influenced members? It's not a robe, it's a dress. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a dress. They wear dresses. That's a good point. Let's get that right. Okay, I like you that. Know? Wear a man, the man in a well, dress, but but women wear dresses too, so it would sound more appropriate for a woman, right? So maybe well, like, you could have women, you could have women judges. It's but a big black mumu. A mumu, yeah. I like that. So, so you know, this is just one count, you know, that we're getting under their that we're getting uh, under their skin. So you know, ultimately, a jury was seated uh, over defense counsel's objections, and the case proceeded to trial. And on Wednesday, September 22nd, immediately preceding the uh, charging of the jury, the court once again made reference to the disputed material, stating that the persons who were disseminating the material were idiots. And this drew a uh, contemptuous ob- objection from defense counsel, at which point defense counsel was told by the court to take a seat. And so, you know, it it just shows the criminality Mm. of this injustice system. There is no justice because when you have a judge whose sole job basically is a referee, he is not there to influence or direct the jury, which is what judges are doing in this case. You know, it just shows the corruption. It's just total sure does. utter corruption. What's now, going to be done? I, I mean, if, what is Fiji's response going to be to this? I mean, again, banning people from even speaking, holding signs, uh, handing out pamphlets. Uh, what is the response going to be? How do you challenge something like that? Well, they're working on it right now. They have their, um, you know, they have their legal um, advisors looking at this. But, um, you know, my thoughts on this is that, you know, this is basically being done out of pure disrespect of the idea of government of, by, and for the people. Because that's what we're, you know, that's what we're supposed to live under, the Constitution. Well, that was the original intent for the jury nullification was to allow the jurors to be the fourth check, you know, the final check and balance on the government where if, you know, bad laws were passed, the juries would know and they would... They would kick them back in their face. And and so, as Wayne pointed out, for over 100 years, they have engaged in an active campaign to silence this information, uh, to, to, you know, to prevent it from reaching the insides of court chambers. And now with the information age, it's easier to get this information into people's hands. And they are flipping out. 
And not only that, but yep. can you imagine uh, alcohol prohibition? They say was was uh, you know repealed largely because of jury nullification. Can you imagine what would right. happen with with drug um, you know uh, drug offenses and maybe repealing the whole war on drugs if, if this really got out? And they well, don't want that. They want to keep a lid on it. That's what that, that's what they're scared of because jurors can yep. nullify bad laws by refusing to convict people being tried under those laws, and when jurors refuse to convict. What it does is it, it, legislators and prosecutors know that the law is not supported by the community, and acquittals and hung juries are potentially embarrassing to legislators, power-craving prosecutors, bureaucrats, and most mm-hmm. judges. I mean, could you imagine a prosecutor trying to run for office saying, tough on crime? Well, how many people did you put away? What's your percentage? Mm. Well, it's only 10% because most of my cases were nullified by people <laughs> who knew their full rights to serve on a jury. But, you know, I want to get back to this, uh, I want to get back to this administrative order that this this judge has made. I, you know, well, this the- judge swore an oath to support, protect, and defend the Constitution. Supposedly. I mean, we don't have any evidence of that, right? Uh, not that it would matter anyway. Look, I know I want you, I know you've got more. If you want, you can stick with us, James. You want to do that? Talk about yeah, this? Sure. All right, more here with uh, James Cox coming up in, here, here in a few moments. Uh, 800-259-9231. Really, about this administrative order that bans any sort of outreach to jurors, it really gives you some idea of how this man in uh, you know, the dress thinks that he, how far he believes his power extends. Normally you'd think the courtroom is the extent, but no, no. He's saying it's the entirety of the complex, including the parking lot, for full city blocks. His powers of contempt extend that far. I am Oz. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine. Give your kids the nutrition they need to be their best. Visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. Telling your child about healthy food choices is important, but showing her what to eat goes a lot further. Have her help create the grocery list, then bring her to the store with you. Picking out healthy foods together helps kids get in the habit of thinking about what they're eating every day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining us uh, here, we'll be talking with James Cox in a moment from the Fully Informed Jury Association. You can join us on the phones as well at 800-259-9231. Don't forget the website. It's totally free. Got a lot of features there. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, we have made a change, fairly big change, to the uh, the shopping link. We've been telling you to go to shop.freetalklive.com and that it will take you to the uh, it'll, it'll take you to Amazon and up until last night, that was true. Now, shop.freetalklive.com will lead you to a page where you'll be able to select which Amazon you would like to shop at. Uh, if you live in Germany, for instance, or Canada, or the UK, then there are different Amazons for you. So, uh, before, the way we did this was kind of clunky. Like, there was this... 
there was this script that we had that was supposed to route people to their right, you know, to the right site, and it didn't work all the time. Some people were routed to the wrong site, so that didn't work. So we just tried tried different URLs. It was like Amazon UK, Amazon US, all these different URLs, and that was too much because we couldn't promote them all. So now we've we've gone back to a tried and true method of a bunch of flags on a on a website. So if you just go to shop.freetalklive.com, wherever you are around the world, you'll be able to access uh, four different Amazons. You'll also be able to access uh, two different new eggs. There's the new egg US. There's the new egg Canada. Uh, all six of those websites are accessible now from shop.freetalklive.com. So if you want to help Free Talk Live, you can shop through Amazon. If you want to give some money to the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund, you can shop through new egg. And all of the links are now in one place, shop.freetalklive.com. Did I make that clear, Mark? Seems like it. All right, very good. So we're going to continue here with an order uh, discussing just an outrageous bit of news from Orlando, Florida, with James Cox from the Fully Informed Jury Association at Fija.org. James, you're explaining to us here what's going on with this administrative order where they have effectively banned all forms of outreach to potential jurors that uh, basically banning any sign holding, any speaking, any passing out of flyers, anything that could possibly get any ideas into a juror's head have been threatened with felony charges and or contempt of court. Uh, And I know you had more comments you wanted to share. Yeah, and I just want to point out as well, it's strange that um, I guess that if you went to this courthouse and started handing out anti-war uh, information, uh, that would be okay. So, you know, to me as well, this is another thing. It, it's, 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 it, what it's doing is it's, it's picking out a particular, um, you know, uh, freedom of speech, if, 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 if you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're absolutely okay. tar- they're so, absolutely targeting uh, you guys, and it's it's outrageous. Right. So, uh, what I want to get at here is that basically um, the public forum. I mean, um, it's 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 been in the courts about public forums and sidewalks, streets, parks, and you know, uh, public buildings. You know, public areas are all traditional forums, and the government cannot deny the public access to traditional public forums, nor can it regulate use of the forum based on the content of one's speech. And this can be found in Perry Education Association versus Perry Local Educators Association, um, 460 uh, U.S. 37, comma 45, 1983. And so my question is, is the courthouse and its grounds a public place? Well, of course it is. People go there. People talk. People go in there to fight their cases. Sure. The courthouse is a public place. The outside of the courthouse is a public place. You know, if it wasn't, it would be private and it would be restricted access. And, you know, mm-hmm. people would have to swipe cards or whatever to get in. So... You know, therefore, one would say that it is, in fact, a traditional public forum. It's just like the sidewalks. It's just like streets, parks, and other public areas. And the judge does not have the authority to squelch our First Amendment rights to freedom of speech at a traditional public forum. Well, apparently he believes he does, James. Well, only if you agree with what he's saying. And I, I don't, don't agree, agree with, with it, but, I, but it doesn't matter whether I agree with it. What matters is whether the men will, with guns will throw somebody in a cage over this. And uh, from what I've seen, the men with guns will always do what the uh, the men and women in uh, dresses are, will say will tell them. Right. I also ask, you know, who pays for the courthouse, the grounds of the people that work in it? Well, of course, the very people that this judge is now silencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, this order is not only a violation of the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, but also a violation of Article 1, Section 4 of the Florida Constitution. The First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution restricts what government can do to its citizens when it comes to freedom of speech. And Judge Belvin Perry Jr. is discriminating on the basis of content or viewpoint in, you know, in according access to, the, to these courthouse grounds. Now, in this administrative order as well, uh, the judge's um, order to prove that his administrative order for his expressive conduct towards the, you know, these summoned jurors is justified. What he does in the order, he cites a case, and it's Noble v. State 769-SO-2D-1063. And if you look at that case, if you Google that case, basically that has nothing to do with somebody handing out literature outside a courthouse. It's to do with some guy that's charged, uh, he's defending himself, and apparently um, he finds out that one of the people that's going to be on the jury is somebody that he went to school with. So apparently he, he sees her in a grocery store and asks her that, you know, if she's on the jury to not convict him. Mm. Now, yeah, that's is, t- that's jury that? tampering, because then you're asking them to do something specific. All a f- exactly. fully informed jury association people are doing is informing uh, these jurors of their rights to nullify. It's not asking them to nullify. It's just simply saying, hey, you could do this if you wanted to. And, James, uh, there's a, a website for the Florida FIJA folks. It's florida.fija.org. People can go there. And, of course, everybody else uh, that's not in Florida can just go to FIJA.org, F-I-J-A.org. Lots of great information there. I hope, James, will you keep us in the loop as to what develops with this yeah i just want to bring up one more thing as well which i find pretty ironic that you know this judge and this is not racial or anything like that he's black and that if judge blevin uh, perry jr has not or does not understand what the part of joint notifications play for black people in history if he did, then he would understand that it had, you know, it, if it hadn't have been for jury nullification and nullification of the laws during the fugitive slave law, this guy would not be in address making this demand right now, telling people, if you come to this courthouse, if you stand outside this courthouse, handing this information out, there's a possibility that you will be arrested. He would not have this job. And the reason well, for that is I- why? Because of the fugitive slave laws. Meaning they and were the, overturned the judge, with jury nullification, right? And the judge, the judge is a black judge. I don't have, you know, don't have anything to do with black people. But what I'm trying to say here is, had the judge have done his homework and looked into jury nullification, he would have seen that this is something that set the black people free. Well, James, actually, jury nullification has this kind of a spotty record, especially for black people. It's true that people that were, were um, you know, hiding slaves and up north uh, would, fi- would would be released in some cases through jury nullification because jurors, juries wouldn't convict them for hiding slaves. However, in the South, in some cases, after uh, slavery was abolished, you'd find juries refusing to convict people who had murdered blacks um, in so in the South. So there's actually a spotty history in this area, but that doesn't change anything that um, a right was abused. It's still the right of a jury to, right. uh, to to nullify the law. I just want to ask you listeners, they are putting a defense team together for this to try and overturn this or go and fight in court about it. So I would ask your listeners to please go to org 
and make a donation. You can click on donate on the website. Actually, uh, uh, James, we've got somebody here with a question for you, apparently. Let's bring Joshua on here in Florida. Joshua, you're on with uh, James Cox from Florida. Hey, James. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, thank you. Well, go ahead with your oh, question. Good. Do it quick. Uh, a quick question I had is I, know, I saw that you were asking all the uh, activists to suspend educational activity. And I was curious, uh, uh, I was thinking today with a lot of my classmates, I'd like to go out and give out free uh, kangaroo food in front of the court. Do you think uh, something like that would be okay if we did that as individuals, just gave out free kangaroo food to all the uh, people who are going in and out of the court? <laughs> For a kangaroo court? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, but, you know, I mean, yeah. all, all the, all the Phaedra is asking is that we suspend, um, you know, Phaedra activism right now in Florida. I think that's uh, unfortunate, personally. I mean, I understand they don't want anybody to get in trouble, but I don't. Under- I also don't understand how you challenge an order, uh, from an administrative order from a judge, uh, without having somebody get arrested. I, I, maybe I, you know, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know how that stuff works. I'm not an attorney either, and that's a question for Feijer. That's that's why I'd you love know, to have you keep uh, us in the loop as to how the, exactly this develops. And I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. I just called you out of the blue tonight, uh, uh, James. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank thanks, you. thanks, dude. Again, that's uh, Fija.org, F-I-J-A dot O-R-G. If you're in Florida, you can put a Florida dot in front of it. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever is on your mind. Just absolutely outrageous, and it'll be interesting to see how the activists react to this. I mean, not all of them may follow Fija's suggestions. Some of them are pretty hardcore. They may decide to get out there anyway. It's Free Talk Live. This year... You can take part in the world's biggest freedom-oriented event. That's right. The Free State Project's 2011 Porcupine Freedom Festival is happening this summer. You won't want to miss it. Held at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire, Porkfest has games, hikes, live music, dance parties, fun activities for kids, and even state-free weddings. And of course, Porkfest features the famous Agora Valley, where the free market thrives. You won't want to miss speakers like Stefan Molyneux and J. Neil Shulman. But the best part of Porkfest is being surrounded by more than a thousand like-minded, freedom-loving friends. The fun begins on June 20th, 2011, and doesn't stop until the 26th. This year, you can be a part of it. Visit Porkfest.com today. Early bird registration is just $25 for the whole week. Don't miss out. Visit Porkfest.com today. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that you'll find there totally free. Uh, Again, that's freetalklive.com. Main feature allows you to control the content of the site. You can uh, add things to it. Others uh, vote on whether they like or dislike what you've added. The most voted up, make it to the front page in the top of the website at freetalklive.com. As we take your phone calls about whatever happens to be on your mind, Priscilla is listening in California. Priscilla, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I'm just making a comment about yesterday's podcast about um, the sex trade. Sure. You guys you guys kept saying that um, you could find escorts on Craigslist, and actually they stopped doing that about six months ago because the U.S. government was pressuring them and threatening to sue. 
Oh, so they don't they got yeah, rid of their entire adult services section, is that right? Exactly. Exactly. It's been gone for months. Are there people so. that are just kind of hiding such things elsewhere in other categories on the site or has it completely gone away? Um, you can find some in the therapeutic session um section um for like massage services. Mhm. Quote unquote massage. Mm. Um, but other than that, um, most of the ads have actually gone to backpage.com. What is that? Is it uh, similar, like a competitor to Craigslist? Yes, very much so. Um, I know the company that owns um, LA Weekly, back, um, Village Voice, stuff like that, it's the company that owns that has that as their website. Now, how do you know so much about this, Priscilla? Do you offer uh, services or buy services from such providers, or how are you so familiar with all this? Um, I'm actually an escort. You are? In Orange County, yes. Now, Priscilla, I just went on Craigslist and went under the, uh, this, this is the New Hampshire one, went under casual encounters, uh, looking, you know, just click, 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 you know, looking here. And apparent, I see four of them from February the 2nd here. Um, I, I prefer my wife not to see these things in purple like I'm looking at them. But, um, you know, here, here they are. Uh, you know, here's a little, a little ditty from, I assume this is, it says women from, woman for men and, uh, says, uh, I'm heading out to run some errands. I was hoping to find a little detour on the way no time for small talk just want to come over meet up and take care of your needs um, um casual encounters is actually not an that's not supposed to be for escorts um, that's supposed to be free just want to have fun they used to have an actual session section for escorts i see i see mark so. you pulled that up awful fast i you know I, I, <laughs> i've got it speed dialed or whatever <laughs> so priscilla how long have you been uh, running in the escort business I've been doing it for about three years. Mm-hmm. And what inspired you to, to do that? Was it the money or something else? Oh, definitely the money. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, something I, I noticed you guys kept mentioning, you know, you like, guys were like, well, maybe they just, the girls just really like sex. I have never met any other escort that does it because they like sex. Yeah, I thought that. Can't uh, imagine that's true. Yeah. Generally, that wasn't one something I was necessarily saying. I think uh, uh, Meg, our host, uh, I think, host, yeah, right. was saying it at the time. And you know, I I think it's about the money. It was honestly what I think it's about. And legalizing it would diminish the money. So you know, because it now yeah, it's absolutely, a- absolutely it would. Um, in fact, actually, in Orange County, the um, going rate has lowered has, has gone down from like about four hundred an hour to about 125 an hour because of the economy. And I hate wow. to think what would happen if it was legalized. And of course, I'm all for legalization, except that, you know, I have no idea what it would do to the market. Now, do you typically, so, are you dealing with, you know, more upper crust clients in general? I mean, at 125 an hour, that's likely going to exclude a, a number of folks. And that would be another change, right? Like if the price came down, then all of a sudden you've got more, uh, you know, if it's legal, then you've got more girls in the business competing. And you likely will have to, you know, if you're going to lower your price, then that means that uh, more maybe undesirable folks might be able to afford your services. I don't know. Um, actually, 125 an hour is um, that brings in the undesirable people. Really? Um, yes, that um, the guys that pay that rate are really not the greatest in the world. How do you filter the? the more, how do you filter them? I mean, is the is is there a you know, somebody you work with like the escort service? Are they filtering men out for you, or is that something where you can oh. just like take one look at them and say, "Whoa, no, no, thanks"? Or how does that work for you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually. 
actually, I'm 100% independent. Um, I don't work with an agency or anything like that. That's actually very frowned upon. Um, Working with an agency is frowned upon, you're saying? Yes, it is. Most guys don't want to see a girl that works with an agency or has a pimp. Why is that? That's because um, the guys don't like to think that the conversations leading up to the actual encounter are, um, such as emailing and stuff, they don't want to think that that's going on with a pimp. And that would be a little bit gross. For them. I see. Yeah. So um, the, the the suggestion is, uh, you know, from this article that we were reading, is that uh, you know girls that are in the sex trade are often uh, coerced in their early teens um, into doing it. What could you tell us how you got into it? Um, I well, I was in college. I was a sophomore in college, and um, I lost my job because of the economy. And um, it was just something that I knew I could do really quick and make some quick money. And I just never left. And how did you promote yourself? Was it via online advertising? What, uh, what ways did you get the word out? Was it word of mouth? How did that work for you? Online advertising. Um, we, there's a national board called the Erotic Review um, that I'm on. And there are um, – I did work on Backpage and Craigslist for a while. And um, just other local boards. Now, what do you do to protect yourself if you do meet up with somebody who's uh, might be potentially violent or, or harmful to you? I take preventative measures, such as screening every client that I have. Um, to what have extent? To give me a yeah. Oh, well, they have to give me a reference from another provider that um, is established, um, such as they have reviews or other ads up that I know that they're legit um, escorts. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, or uh, a potential client could give me their work information, and I can verify that they have a job and they're not crazy. So very interesting. So you're actually doing yeah. the ba- background checks essentially on your clients. It's very, very cool. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you carry mace with you or, or pack heat? I carry a knife. Oh, good. Now, yeah. what about um, uh, p- protection in the other way? What do you What do you do? I mean, you know, it seems like there's you're you're in a dangerous field in that in the sense that uh, you know people carry diseases and stuff like that. What do you do to protect yourself in that way? Well, you have to use condoms, of course. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking. Um, I've never gotten um, an STD from my job. So, how often do you check? Uh, get yourself checked? Every three months. Okay. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, it's always interesting because it's been a while since we've had somebody in the sex trade actually call the show to, uh, you know, field our barrage of uh, of inevitable questions. Is there anything else that you feel like you wanted to cover while you while you're here? Um, I just wanted to also mention that um, there's a lot of oppression that goes on by men that run escort websites, um, such as like the Erotic Review. I know of at least two other escorts um, that were told. If they don't give free services to certain people, their reviews are going to come down. And they were told this by the owner of that website. Mm. And it's, it's hard. I mean, there's not, women, uh, there's not a lot of women-run boards or review sites out there so that we can protect ourselves. I know of only two in the United States, that, and there's dozens that are run by men. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. Well, there's an opportunity for you. Um, perhaps. We'll see. I'm actually trying to retire and get on with my life. So. What are you going to do next? I am in nursing school right now. Mm-hmm. Good for you. So, uh, And yeah. how old are you right now, if I may ask? Right now I'm 23. Okay. 
Well, retiring at twenty. Well, you know the anatomy really well, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Yes. My, so Pris- my wife is a nurse, so I always kid her about that stuff. Priscilla, uh, how long have you been listening to the show? I have been listening for about a year and a half. Okay, so then you're well familiar with the Shrine of Female listeners, and I don't think we have any known sex workers on the uh, the Shrine of Female listeners, so if you feel like it, sure would be great uh, to have you send in a, uh, a picture at shrine.freetalklive.com. Sure, I can do that. That would be awesome. All the details are there, and thanks for, uh, so much for uh, for humoring us tonight. Appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Have Take a care. good one, and good luck with your retirement. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. I'd imagine you could build up a, quite a bit of money in just a few short years as an escort at 125 bucks an hour. We'll come up if you're hot. Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. the airwaves at 800-259-9231 and you can watch and listen and chat all in uh, the same page you can go to cam.freetalklive.com to access our webcam the chat room's built in there that's cam.freetalklive.com which is brought to you by memory dealers memory dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs they offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers they're 100 percent compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers and up to 99% off of list price. They even have customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. In some cases, they can get that private labeling done overnight. Everything's in stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery. It's memorydealers.com. All right, so we're going to continue taking your phone calls about what you want. Mark is in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark. Hey, Mark. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, not much. I was uh, talking the last couple of days or last few days with some guys at work. We got to talk about, you know, the way the economy is going. And it's kind of, you know, going downhill. And I was talking, oh, I think it'll be going downhill quite a bit more in the future. And we got to talking about, you know, Wall Street, the whole 2008 financial collapse. And, they're, you know, their heads were down there just like they don't know where to go, where to turn. I was like, well, and then we got to talking about, you know, a lot of the Fortune 500 companies, big companies out there people deal with on a regular basis. And how my experiences with them, a lot of them lately has been really unprofessional, um, a lot of big companies too. And, uh, you know, we got talking about just general economics. And I was talking, you know, if things get really bad in this country, and even right now, isn't it a good thing to do to kind of stick locally and buy and sell locally? It's never a bad idea. I mean, I don't see what the, what the harm is. But, you know, obviously there are some things you just can't buy locally, like like a car, for instance, you know, things like that. So I don't think there's uh, there's anything wrong with buying locally. I can't see why anyone would argue against it. Um, on the other hand, if I well, can get it, a better deal elsewhere, then I'm going to go elsewhere. Right. It, it can be it can be an inefficient use of uh, money. So, like, if you, for instance, can buy the car made, uh, you know, across the world for fifteen thousand, but the car that's made in your own backyard is twenty five thousand, you can use that ten thousand dollars to buy other things. Also, some of the money that you spend on the car that was made in Korea or whatever will get spent locally because there's a Korean auto dealer there's um you know somebody selling it or whatever so it it 
you know, I'm not. It's. I think it's a good idea to buy locally. Remember, I buy locally. Um, we we grow our own food. We buy a lot of food uh, locally. The reason that we do it is to help build the local economy. We know where food came from. Uh, you, there's there's some immoral practices, in my opinion, in the production of food, and I want to support that as little as I can. So, um, you know, that's one of the reasons that I buy locally. It's also important to keep the money that you're spending in your community, whereas when you when you go to a, a big box store, for example, a lot of that money gets sucked out of the local community and goes to the corporate headquarters in some faraway state or country. So I always try to be aware of where my money's going to go when I spend it. And yeah, well, I, I was trying to—I was well, trying to kind of segue this into a uh, conversation with them getting into agorism, right? And um, I mean, just—and I was kind of leading on. Well, a lot of these companies, the way they're—if they're ran unprofessionally, you know, you should be able to go elsewhere. But in a lot of situations nowadays, I'd say the U.S. is pretty much like sixty percent corporatist, forty percent socialist. There's a lot of it out there. And, I mean, look at Walmart, you know, the All-American Superstore. Now they're partnering up with Homeland Security. Yeah, and that's like, scary. Mm-hmm. How do you yeah, define agorism? Like, how do I define it? Well, I was saying, all right, they were saying, you know, how, how government's related to a lot of this. I'm like, sure it is. And I was like, well, all they are essentially is, you know, a group of thugs who want to control others. they got a monopoly on the use of force. And I was like, look, you should be able to buy and sell whatever you want. You know, obviously, if you're not harmony anyone else, which no one really does. And I was like, and stop going to government for permission for everything. If you want to, you know, start your own business, you have the credit, money built up, great. You should have to, you know, go to them to get permission to get a license, um, certification, permit, none of that stuff. Just run your life the way you think you should and let the rest, you know. Some would say that uh, some would say that that is so-called counter-economic, and that in order for it to be agorist, it has to be uh, done with the explicit purpose of overthrowing the state. What do you think about that? Well, well, I didn't really. I don't think I've heard of that one. I'm just telling them, like, look, we can survive without the state. They can't survive without us. It hasn't been done, but it's it's got to. It's going to. I mean, even if things do get really bad, people are going to more likely stick locally. And if more people started doing this stuff, just telling the state, no, you know, you're not going to get my pocketbook. You're not going to get my life. I'm not going to sign your red tape here. I agree with I agree with that. I think that inherently the idea of working outside of the system is damaging to the state simply by fact, uh, by virtue of the fact that you are making the the calculated choice to not jump through their hoops, to avoid paying their fees, to avoid getting their permits, to paying the bribes. Because you're doing that, you are essentially taking a shot at the state indirectly, so to speak, by simply not cooperating with it, by not seeking its sanction or seeking its approval uh, in order for you to uh, to be able to do business. So I think inherently uh, there is some level of, if it's just if it's only just inside you uh, to where you can empower yourself to say, yes, I can do this, I can run my own business without having to, to beg for permission, I think that uh, that level of personal empowerment is itself a, a shot at the state. Yeah, and I was telling them, you know, if um, you know, people have been doing this stuff really for decades, buying and selling, sharing other stuff, garage sales have been done, but now the state wants to get involved. And, you know, the, the only reason they exist now, and they've gotten this far, is because of people's consent. Well, because of people's uh, tacit consent. I mean, not like people have explicitly consented, but uh, they they do it to go along, to get along. They do it because they're afraid. And you're right. If more people stopped consenting, if more people explicitly said, 
Uh, you do not own me. I'm not your subject. I'm not your slave or your serf. I'm a free person, a free man, free woman, uh, and I'm going to behave that way. It would make a huge difference. However, it's very unlikely that uh, any large amount of people will do that in any given uh, geographic area, which is why I think it's incredibly important for people to come together uh, to make the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and get together with other people who appreciate that particular viewpoint. Because if you're doing agorism all alone and something happens, like you get busted by the cops for running an unlicensed business or something like that, it can be very difficult when the system comes down on you and there's no one there to stand with you. Right. Yeah, I was kind of telling these guys all this stuff. They thought it was pretty, you know, interesting. I was like, you don't have to, you know, have a master's in economics to understand this stuff. Just do whatever you've been doing, you know, from day one. If you've been doing this stuff all along, great. Keep it up. If you haven't, start doing more of it. And um, I guess the biggest part is, you know, people do a lot of um, buying and selling of food locally, arts and crafts. But the biggest thing would be like a big overhead expense, like a factory distribution center, something like that. That'd mm-hmm. be worth you know, because just a massive amount of money involved, that'd be pretty tricky right there. Well, that's why it's also as, that's, well, thank you, by the way, for the call tonight. That, that's why it's also as more difficult because any sort of large operation is more likely to attract attention. And uh, the people that would be uh, interested in pursuing something like that, they may not have the capital to start something like that. Or if they have the capital, they aren't willing to risk that level right. of capital. It's a, it's a huge risk if you're you know, putting together some large factory or something like that and then telling the government to go jump in a lake, I'm not paying you any taxes. They'll take everything. And so, you know, I mean, it just... I, I I think it needs to happen, but I think the only place that'll ever possibly happen is where you have a large enough concentration of activists. It needs to, where to be you coupled with people, a lot of different things, in right? To where you would be able to have people go in and sit in your factory, and you know, you know, get in the way of the bulldozers or whatever it is that the state would send after you, whatever tools of violence they would send to try to shut you down. You would need to have a lot of support. A long and, way from that. Yeah, you don't. We don't have that here yet in New Hampshire, and if it's going to happen somewhere, I would expect it would happen here, and it's still a ways off. 800-259-9231 is the number. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. By dialing in toll-free, bringing up anything you want, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Oh, and still to come tonight, your chance to win a two-pack of the Tota Sack, so stay tuned for that. Uh, plus, want to make sure you know about your opportunity to get up here and visit the great state of New Hampshire and meet the hundreds of lovey, uh, li- lovey, liberty-loving uh, activists. <laughs> they are it very loving. that kind of a project. No, but, well, it depends on who you know. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> but there are all kinds of people here. Everything from, uh, from Christians to polyamorous to, you know, you name it, people that love the ideas of freedom. That is the 
the one thing that joins all of these different folk together, the people that have come here, that have decided that this is their destination, that coming together with other like-minded, liberty-oriented people is the solution to achieving liberty in our lifetime. Whether they want to do agorism, as we were discussing earlier, or they want to get involved in the political system, or they want to do media or outreach or whatever, there's all kinds of different activism that can be done, but it just makes a big difference when you're together with other activists, people that are also willing to do things and willing to get out there and get the word out about the ideas of freedom. So you can come to Porkfest to meet a whole bunch of them, hundreds of them, hundreds of liberty-minded people hanging out at the same campground, Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. It's going to be happening June 20th through the 26th. We're going to be there broadcasting live throughout the entire event, and uh, they're going to have everything from live performers to family fun to agorism in action. Uh, Porkfest has something for everyone who loves freedom. You can get signed up now. Early bird registration is available, and if you use our registration code the coupon code free talk live it's all one word if you use free talk live you'll save 20 percent on your early bird registration any t-shirts you might want to order flags framed group photos etc so head over to porkfest.com that's pork with a c p-o-r-c-f-e-s-t.com get registered for this year's 2011 Porkfest happening in late june it's going to be a blast I'm looking forward to uh, to being there again as we continue taking your phone calls, let's go to Keith in New York City on the Amplines. Hello, Keith. Hello. I've got a uh, question for you, Ian. Uh, I believe you're a, a landlord. And yes, I was sir. kind of curious, as also being a voluntarist, how would you deal with an eviction without using the courts? Well, that's a, that is a good question. Um, it's, that's a tricky situation because, you know, you're dealing with a, a situation where there are lots of laws in place, typically in most places. And I imagine New York City, there are a boatload of them. Uh, but uh, where you're dealing with a bunch of laws that essentially tell tenants that they have rights, uh, that they have certain rights over their landlords and that their landlords can't do certain things. So... I've only been a landlord for maybe the last four years of my life, and I thankfully have had good relations with my tenants, and I'm the kind of landlord that I'm pretty hands-off as long as you do what you're supposed to do uh, as far as your responsibilities regarding the rent, taking care of the property or whatever. I'm going to leave you alone, and and I, you know, and I live on the, on the property as well, so it's an owner-occupied kind of situation, which may help as far as having tenants behave better. I don't know. Uh, oh, just, it, it helps. I actually just transitioned from being an owner-occupied to being far away. I'm about two hours away from the property now mm-hmm. uh, because of a job. And and that's when the problem started. It was fine when I lived there. Everything mm-hmm. could be taken care of in, in 20 minutes. Was it the same and, you know, tenants? Prior, Point home. of information, was it the same tenants But you know, as far as before you left versus after you left? It was the ones that replaced me. So that, ah. that was where mainly the issue is them meshing with the tenant that was there and she's been there for years whereas mm-hmm. uh, they seem pretty transient now that i uh, fixed my mistake of not really doing enough of a background check yeah it's th- that in and of itself is the uh, probably the single biggest issue um what i found with uh being a landlord is you can ask for a higher rent and which it, it the, the good tenants are out there, but you almost have to buy them with a lower rent is what my experience was is uh is i would I lowered my rent a little bit and then looked harder amongst the applicants for the exact right person that I felt mes- meshed with my personality that I felt was going to be a good tenant um, that was going to take care of the property that I would get them to say things like they were going to take care of the property and and that 's what really worked for me. 
So to answer your first question is I really don't know what would happen because normally I'll put something in in a lease like uh, and I've so far when I moved here I was rent I inherited tenants from the sale the home sale and and you know, I kind of treated them with kid gloves uh, because they could go to the courts and and do things but now I put uh, you know, put wording in the the lease basically saying that this isn't so su- this lease is private it's not subject to uh law any law higher except, than itself you know, higher than itself i i don't think that's going to save me from any kind of uh penalties but <laughs> no. but i figure you know i'm going to put it in there so this these tenants know exactly what my intentions are and i've got a security deposit and and i'm willing to hold on to collateral in in, in the event that i need to and and that i'll have private uh, enforcers enforce the uh enforce the agreement if uh, if necessary yeah that's definitely the same approach that i took with the uh, the new tenants and um i mean if they were more responsible i, I think it would have worked out fine um uh, in particular the big thing that i i allowed that i found out about pretty quick into uh into their moving in was uh they partake in in marijuana and uh, i was okay with that but i it's easily it's automatically in any lease that that's grounds for termination, but mm-hmm. uh, for me, my only issue, and I discussed it with them, is don't bother the neighbors, don't draw attention to yourself, and it shouldn't be a problem. But of course, uh, they couldn't really follow that. So now I've had the situation where you know I personally don't want to cause a drug raid, but I can't stop the neighbors if you're dumb enough not to be discreet. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, it's it seems to me I have no problem using, uh, you know, the, the court system if that's what has to be done. It's the only binding dispute resolution organization that we have available to us today in the real world. Um, I would try to do as much as I could outside of it yeah. simply because it's just a pain in the butt to do otherwise. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I wouldn't likely would not I, I would not call the cops on these people um, because it may very well be that they t- the cops can take your property if they find drugs um, I believe so. on yeah. it and so i certainly wouldn't call the cops on myself at that at that point but yeah. you know i mean if if these people are going to not be distri- discreet and they sound it's i mean who who's this indiscreet i mean who who just you know i don't know how, how is it that the, the neighbors possibly know that you're smoking pot um i you it in an old house that isn't there's not much it was used to be a single family house it was converted to a duplex so there is really no separation between the apartments as far as the air goes unless you actually actively exhaust your uh, your mm. smoke it's going to go upstairs maybe maybe so you could buy them the, maybe you could buy them an ozonator uh, they have cheap ones online and they will uh, uh you know do, do something for the odors um you know i mean that's going to be different idea i actually bought them an exhaust fan was my first move and then after that uh, as the things continued we pursued that you know, now there's just going to have to be a no smoking within the apartment. Feel free to do it on the porches. I've talked with the other tenants. Mm. They don't mind it if it's outside. Just don't do it within the home. There so you it's go. just been a weak cost-benefit cost analysis of, do I pursue an eviction? Is this, is this going to turn into a nightmare? And we've made it for about six months on that just kind of teetering where it gets worse, flares up, and then it kind of calms down. Mm. And Is this, a, le- is this a year-long lease? Yes, it is, and they're gone after that. Okay, I see. So how much more time is there? Six more months? Uh, no, no, no. There's about uh, 
two months now. Oh, I mean, wow. we got, at, at first, I mean, if you were to, if you were to start the eviction process now, it would probably take a long. It would probably be beyond that two. I, mean, I don't know what it is in New York City, but it usually is a lengthy process where a court hearing has to right. happen and notice has to be posted, and you know, there's all kinds of requirements. So starting the process now would probably be as you know as difficult, more difficult than just simply saying, "All right, we're raising your rent to three thousand dollars a month uh, for the next year." Oh, right. you want to leave now? All right, well, see you, see you later. <laughs> Is there anything I can say that'll get you to stay for $3,000 <laughs> So good luck, man, and let us know how it goes, will you? Sure, sounds good. I'll Thanks. follow up uh, maybe at Fort Festival. Thanks, sales. Keith. Look forward to seeing you there. And thanks for the call tonight at 800-259-9231. It's never easy to deal with those situations. No, it isn't. I just don't know if it's a good idea for him to uh, openly endorse it, because then if there there is a raid, to endorse oh. the people smoking. If he well, doesn't know about it. it down. I don't think yeah. he's... You know, acknowledge it beyond just, hey, I don't care. Just look, I'll look the other way, that kind of thing. 800-259-9231. Take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Toll free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. You'll find that the features there are totally free. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it uh, into the program, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and therefore expose new people to the ideas of freedom. You can go and get perks and become an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. Use any major credit card, PayPal, or some alternative options, amp.freetalklive.com. Have you ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without a lawyer who have to know what it takes to win. And for people with lawyers who want to minimize legal fees and maximize winning by knowing what their lawyers should be doing. They've been on the web for 13 years. It works for every kind of case, for plaintiffs or defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney. And it's so easy. The average eighth grader could go through their complete four-CD course in a single weekend. You can get it at Jurisdictionary.com. I'll be reviewing it again. I've got a case that I'm taking uh, to court, a speeding ticket situation. It's Jurisdictionary.com. All right, let's continue taking your phone calls about what you want and go to Brandon in California. Brandon, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, Brandon. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I wanted to get your opinion on uh, why you feel, if you do feel, uh, that New Hampshire is better equipped to handle our uh, probable economic meltdown. Well, um, I guess the biggest thing that uh, it is for me is that um, you know there are a lot of freedom-loving people here the community. In, in in New Hampshire. We're working towards making a freer place, um, and New Hampshire is the freest state in the union. It's been rated that by the Mercatus Center. It has a a great deal of localized economy that's going on. When the uh, economic crisis hit, it didn't hit 
New Hampshire as hard as it did uh, many other places. Also, it didn't hit Cheshire County, where I happen to live, um, at, as hard as it did in the rest of New Hampshire because the the economy is so localized. So many people buy things, sell really? things. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, interesting. Uh, that's that's, that's all, I, all I'm doing is repeating things I've been told. Well, the unemployment rate in Cheshire County is a little worse than the rest of the state, though, as I understand. Uh, I couldn't tell you. I don't have a job. Um, I work. I for, work here for whatever that's worth. <laughs> so, but, but in um, general, yeah, the economy in New Hampshire is very strong already compared to the surrounding New England, uh, the rest of New England, and it's one of the stronger economies across the uh, the entire United States. And of course, as more freedom is introduced here, as the government is rolled back, which presumably will happen uh, more so over time, uh, if all goes as planned, then uh, that'll make things you know all the more strong economically. Wayne, your thoughts. Well, you know, the unemployment rate here is is lower than, than most other states in the country. There's also a lot more small business here, too, than there are in some states. Some states are very, very dependent on one industry or, or big corporate America. We've got corporate America here, too, but you'll see uh, much um, – uh, it's almost like going back in time being up here in, in northern New England – even Vermont as well. We have a lot more mom-and-pop businesses. You see a lot more mom-and-pop hardware stores and um, in general stores and things like that that you won't see, say, in the South or the West. Did I answer you your question? You have a lot of local businesses who are already using real money currencies. Well, uh, no. yeah, I, I would say that um, you a know, lot. The, no, a lot is not the answer. No, I mean, certainly. But uh, there are people that are using gold and silver to buy and sell uh, you know, products and services. So it's happening. I mean, it's I, easier to get that going, too, when you have small businesses as opposed to big corporate businesses that don't really want to take silver. They want, would rather have the, the FRNs. Yeah, that would be some. That would be, I think that's something that is is possible here, especially as the community grows and more liberty minded people come here and start asking businesses, "Hey, will you take silver?" I know that Michelle uh, Seven, our Monday night uh, co host, she has gone and done this at you know like a local pizza establishment and has successfully uh, gotten them to take some silver in payment for uh, for a couple of pies that she was uh, that she was ordering. So it just all depends on who who's on who's got their boots on the ground and whether or not you know promoting monetary freedom is uh, or you know sound money is is something that. That's exciting to them and something that they want to get out there and do. All right. Uh, one other quick question in the same, same realm, because a lot of people, I'm, and I'm going to use the word our community loosely. Um, I know you don't always like that, Ian. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to say in our community, promote, you know, basically leaving the country. I mean, what, what are your opinions on that or what would you say to that versus coming to New Hampshire? Well, I think that um, for one thing, when the, the the promotion of leaving the country is sort of about making yourself freer today, and I, you know, there may very well be advantages to going to, you know, getting these. What's that? Like Belize or yeah, Costa Rica? Go, go or to Belize. You get a, your citizenship there, but you have your passport. You know, they, as I understand it, they want you to uh, sort of subdivide your presence, and you have a citizenship in one country, you live in another, and your bank accounts are in another, and, and that kind of thing. So they they want you in order to be free freest, you would have to subdivide your presence in all those areas. Actually, if you want to be freest, buy a sailboat and eat a lot of fish. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, you want to be free, go live out on the open ocean and uh, you know have yourself a deep sea fishing rod, and and uh, you you can be free. Um, what New Hampshire's about is building a freer place so that people can look at it and see, oh wow, 
that works. Yeah, it's about regrouping rather than running away. I mean, that's kind of what the suggestion is. And I don't hear it a lot. You're saying it's a lot. I, I see it on LouRockwell.com occasionally, sure. but amongst the people that I associate with, obviously, it, it's not talked about. Uh, but it seems to me that the idea of expatriating is a running away kind of thing. Okay, go go to the other plantation where you know the, the master will be more respectful to you. As no, he's a, more, as much more likely to actually just be drunk and sleeping. Um, <laughs> it, because, you know, more, you know, United States is one of the freest countries if you follow the rules, but most countries, they don't force you to follow the rules. So if you're talking about going to rural Argentina, the government isn't going to pay that much attention to you. So, but at the same time, you are also leaving, you know, a, unless you, you know another language or whatever that like, really limits your options to, to go to another place. There aren't a lot of free places that speak English. And you are still dealing with another government, Mark. You're saying they might leave you alone. Maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they would decide, decide that you were gringo with a lot of money and that uh, you're more than likely to pay the bribes or you're more than likely to pay for whatever they demand that you pay for it. Now, odds are good the bribes are going to be less there than they are here, the, you know, just because the money might be worth more. Uh, but that's more of an escapist kind of route, and it's more of an individual choice for somebody. And I, I think that having the community of like-minded, liberty-oriented people is, is an incredible thing. You know, I, it would be one thing to be uh, enjoying the beach in you know, Belize by myself. It's another thing to be able to, uh, to have friends who are also of a, of a like mindset. And I, I, I think the community is the most valuable part of the New Hampshire movement. And then, you know, we're still in the very, very beginning phases of this. I mean, the, the Free State Project has only moved a few hundred people so far, several hundred maybe, uh, up here. There are over 10,000 that are pledged to make the move, and we've already seen how effective just a few hundred people can be. I find the future to be very bright and exciting, whereas the future for an expatriate is, well, maybe you'll be able to avoid the, you know, the, the scope of the federal government, maybe, if you're, if you're yeah, lucky. It's really a, it's, it's a, it's a future of likely moving from country to country, because um, when you are looking for those freer countries, usually their governments are a more volatile situation. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Maybe Argentina is good for the next five years, but then you're going to end up you're, you're picking up, you're moving to Chile, or you're going to uh, El Salvador, and or you also have Costa to be Rica. Someone then, wealthy for this too. In order to expatriate, you have to have a significant amount of savings or the ability to telecommute and make money that way. And a lot of people don't have that those yeah. skills. The United States is still the best place in the world to make money. Now, maybe for a young guy, you could look at Southeast Asia or something like that, and uh, you know, a young single guy uh, that might be the best choice, but. Largely, if you've got a family or something like that, the United States is still the best place to make the money. So then you're talking about, you know, do you want to retire someplace yeah. else? And if you, have, if you have family in the United States, it's also difficult to just pick up and leave. And I have some friends who are expats, and I communicate with them. And it, it's, it's a, quite an experience. You might be in a country, in many cases, that doesn't speak the language. You might have to learn Spanish, which can be an adventure in itself. Yeah, it's not a bad thing at it's, all. It's not a bad thing, but there's problems in those countries. There are things you can't even imagine that are different, and you might not like them. And the other thing is, are you going to become a part of the culture? Now, if you're in Asia and and you're not Asian, you're never really going to be a part of that culture. And up here, at least we have a community of people that's growing, that, that's like-minded, whereas if you go to another country, you're not going to have, there might be a small expat community there, but you're not going to find as many like-minded people. And you'll never affect the government of any place besides the United States, because you'll always be an outsider. You're, you're even going to be an outsider in New Hampshire, but it'll be less to a lesser extent than Well, you country. speak the language and yeah. that kind of thing. So certainly some people will attempt to figure out where you're from and that kind of thing. But if you go to, say, American Samoa, where there's, what, 60,000 people on this uh, island that's a protector of the United States, and you're going to try, hey, you know, we can have freedom here. You know, they're going to be like, 
Shut up, honky. Uh, you know they they, howly, howly. They, they want nothing to do with you. So um, if you if you do in fact want to work towards a freer world, there is really no other place besides right. New Hampshire. Absolutely, that's why it's a project. I mean, yes, things are more free here in general, but there's a lot of work that uh, that needs to be done. So if you run a want if you want to run away from it all, being an expatriate, that makes sense. If you want to actually move toward more freedom in your lifetime, as far as on a large scale, as far as freedom for your grandchildren, uh, that sort of thing, New Hampshire's the only choice. Does that answer your question, Brandon? Yeah, man. Well, I'll see you guys for Porkfest for the full tour. All right, cool, man. Thanks, and uh, look forward to seeing you there. Porkfest.com, you can learn more about that. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T. Oh, Totasac, two-pack, going to be yours if you call in right now at 603-435-1105. We've got an hour left, plenty of time for your call. 603-435-1105 if you want to win the Totasac. Hour three's next. This is Free Talk Live. With so much economic confusion, who can you trust for straight talk? For years, author and investor Peter Schiff has been in the front of the pack, pointing out the insanity while offering real investment solutions. Now, all of Peter's videos, articles, and TV appearances are compiled into a free email. The EP Weekly Digest, which contains the fresh insights by Peter and other Europac voices, like the hard-charging Mike Pinto. To subscribe, please go to epweeklydigest.com, epweeklydigest.com. Dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Actually, the site allows you to control the content by submitting different uh, show prep suggestions that other listeners can then go and vote on, whether they like or dislike them. You can submit things, vote, whatever you want to do over at freetalklive.com. The most liked make it to the front page and the top of the website at freetalklive.com. In fact, we started out the show by discussing uh, what what is on the top of our website. We, sometimes we'll do that, sometimes we don't. Just because just your story is on the top of the site doesn't guarantee it's going to get on the air. It, it, it makes it like more likely. It certainly helps. Um, and this one, I absolutely saw this and I said, oh my God, this is huge news. Uh, in Orlando, Florida, they have outlawed, or not outlawed, excuse me, the wrong term. They have a judge, a man in a dress, has uh, written an administrative order banning any kind of outreach to potential jurors on the so called court complex, which is basically a four block swath of downtown Orlando. Uh, essentially, this man, this, uh, man has decreed that uh, you shall not hold signs, you shall not pass out literature, you shall not speak to. Uh, prospective jurors, and we spent a good portion of the hour on it, but one of the guys I was talking about, and I'd hoped we could get him on, but I couldn't uh, couldn't find his phone number, he's here. John is with us, listening in, uh, presumably, Orlando to uh, Free Talk Live. Hello, John. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm glad you covered that in the beginning of the hour. I didn't get a chance to uh, to listen to the first part of the, the show, but yeah, I think this is um, pretty much just the most outrageous abuse of power I've really seen here in Orlando. Essentially, a judge has said that, you know, you cannot exercise free speech within a, a like a four-block radius, which mm-hmm. is all downtown Orlando. Um, I mean, this is not just the courthouse. They're talking about a giant swath of property in downtown Orlando with huge office buildings and everything that you cannot hold signs, you cannot 
talk to people, you cannot hand out literature, uh, you cannot do anything. And, you know, kind of my first thought when I, when I saw this was, well, you know, well, let's just go out there and hand out literature, we'll alert the media, send out a press release, I'll go out there, we'll see if they, they have the gall to come arrest me. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm, I'm out on bail right now, and that's, I'm not willing to put my family through Doesn't that, that at the suck? moment. <laughs> I, can, yeah. I can relate, John, because uh, I'm on the same – I've got the same situation. I was arrested three times last year. I've still got five misdemeanor charges pending. And when stuff happens, like happened last week here in New Hampshire where Pete Ayer is uh, arrested for having a hat on in court, it makes me want to throw a hat on and go to court. But I'm, you know, I'm on bail too, and that will mean that I'll be thrown in a, in a cage for a long time. Um, if I if I go and do that, which is why having numbers and having a bunch of activists in the same place is useful, because well, not everybody's on bail at the same time and uh, that sort of thing. Absolutely, and you know we're certainly not New Hampshire here, but we have a, a very large group of activists that are very concerned about this. Uh, right now, we're we're talking to several lawyers and looking at some some you know legal remedies to the the this uh, nonsense. How does that um, work? But, uh, that was Mike. One of my questions that uh, James Cox from Fiji couldn't answer mm-hmm. earlier. Do you know what you do about challenging an administrative order from a judge? I mean, it would right. seem well, like I've, you'd I've have talked- to be arrested, but. Well, I've, I've talked to some, uh, some, some lawyers here that specialize in free speech and that sort of thing, and pretty much what they say is it has to really be sort of a federal uh, court override or, or something see. to that effect, um, which, uh, you know, to me, it, it's kind of, uh, it's very telling because it says what, what happens here could affect you know the entire country as far as this this kind of nonsense goes so it's definitely something i'd like to pursue but again they say it's it's very costly you know maybe we can get the aclu involved maybe mm-hmm. fiji can come up with some backing i'm certainly not in a situation where i can't I can imagine fund the a, ACL, a federal the AC, this doesn't seem like an acl issue to me i mean i just i if they i had to, to be make, in favor of free speech why wouldn't it be well i have i, I if, if i had to make a prediction i would say the aclu wouldn't go for this one it's just a prediction Right. Have you ever approached them with anything before, Mark? Do you they, know anything about that? Have they have they gotten into Fiji before? Uh, I don't know, Mark. I mean, has this ever this kind of restriction ever occurred before when it comes to Fiji? I don't, I've never heard of this. Well, what about Julian uh, Heiklin? As uh, they did, actually did get involved when it came to uh, when it came to Bile from Blog of Bile, hey, who was it could arrested. Happen. I could be with, wrong. I said it's just an opinion. Okay, just, just doesn't seem to be based on anything. That's all. It's an opinion. But, that's right. it's not based on much. Okay. But I, th- I think the ultimate solution here, as with so many other things here in Orlando, is going to be not so much the court route, but the actual going out there, doing it, getting the media involved, and getting the, the public on your side. Yeah, that helps. Um, that's really what we have to do. It's just kind of unfortunate that I'm in the situation I'm in right now that I can't really spearhead that thing. But uh, we are getting together. We are going to fight this. You know, we're not going to let this go this silently. We've been doing uh, Fiji outreach at this uh, Orange County courthouse for almost a year now. Uh, they select jurors four, four days a week. Uh, hmm. Monday through Thursday, about 300 peop- wow. potential jurors show up every morning. Uh, it's been a very busy scene. And, you know, in, in the, uh, the little thing that this, this judge wrote up uh, banning this, they say that, you know, they can't select unbiased juries to, to administer swift justice and, and all this nonsense. So, uh, you know, we're definitely going to be fighting it. Um, but it's just, uh, it, it just, we have to play our cards right. Um, you know, we can't just go out there half cocked and get ourselves arrested and uh, that sort of thing. But we're definitely going to be fighting it. And uh, civil disobedience is definitely alive and well here. So I'm glad so to, I just want to let you hear, guys know we're working on it. I'm glad to hear that you guys have swift justice there in Orlando because <laughs> oh, my experience with the court systems all over the United States is they're just slow as they could possibly be. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to see you've got swift justice there. 
yeah, we're we're all glad to have it. <laughs> hey, John, are you guys planning a another carpool up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival this year? Yeah, we already have. I think a dozen or so people that have signed up and ready to go. We're That's probably going to get an RV. We already have a couple campsites or RV sites rather. Uh, uh, booked, so you know, we'll be up there in force this time. Fantastic. We'll look forward to seeing you, and keep us in the loop if uh, anything develops with the Orlando situation, will you? Absolutely. Look forward to seeing you. Thanks, John. Appreciate it, man. At 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Man, I can totally empathize with that. These, there's a crackdown. You want to get out there. You want to put your butt on the line, but your butt's already been on the line, and you can only put it on the line so many times. Yep. Because the more you put it on the line, the more risk uh, it becomes involved. And that's why having multiple activists, dozens upon dozens, then hundreds upon hundreds, thousands hopefully down the line, who are willing to take a risk, having wave after wave after wave of people being willing to do civil disobedience, that's when civil disobedience really becomes something that can totally break you know, the system down in a very positive manner for freedom. Uh, until then, civil disobedience is more of a publicity stunt when it's just you know, a few folks. And that's kind of where we've been to so far in this, uh, in this movement. So getting more, people, getting more people is a win on all fronts. It's a win from, political, uh, from a political angle. It's a win from a civil disobedience angle. And so go to freestateproject.org to learn more about that as we go to david who's in new hampshire david you're on free talk live david in oh, new hampshire greeting gentlemen um you were you doing uh Fiji today ian uh no actually it's my understanding that there hasn't been an opportunity to do that in quite a while uh it's been several months since uh, there you've actually apparently picked a jury oh 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 I thought there was feature um, Mondays, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Keen. No, no. What you're what you're confusing with fully informed jury outreach is a special oh, yeah, form yeah, of yeah. outreach that, is, that, to my knowledge, only goes on here in Keene. I believe that some other other areas in New Hampshire are going to be picking it up soon if they haven't started yet. Uh, is essentially don't take the plea deal outreach, where we stand in the lobby of the city building, which is the first the the court is on the second floor, so we stand on the first floor and hand out information encouraging the court's victims, the people that are there, usually for bunch of nonsense like speeding tickets and other stuff that doesn't involve any real victims handing out uh, information to those folks encouraging them to not just take the uh, the plea bargain and instead go to trial to load up the system so that's a different type of uh, outreach but it's still good yeah and that happens weekly and it happens multiple times a week and we're looking to expand that even further yeah that's great um i was gonna bring up a um bill that was um that was um being um being put forth up in uh, Concord, okay, um, Concord, New Hampshire. Um, it has to do with filming public officials and stuff. Yes. And I presume it has to do with the police, too. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if you guys know about that, but... Um, I've heard something about it. Where, uh, where's it at? Um, well, it's, oh, it's, I think it's been through the House. That It's a Republican put forth bill. Um, Have they voted on things yet? No, no, it's still in the committee. Um, yeah. It's in the House committee at this point. And, uh, you know, I've, you can send I, on Facebook. I sent out an update where people could go and send, uh, uh, you know, an email to the, the the committee and say that they were in support of it. It's a very so basically, is it affirming yeah, or enshrining the right to record government bureaucrats? Yes. Exactly. I so you, you can't get you can't get put in jail right now. We're just doing it by their graces. You know, well, man, I shouldn't put it that way. Maybe. But you know what I mean? Hey, thanks, David, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. But the government bureaucrats will try to say things to you like, you can't record me without my permission. Oh, yeah? Depends where. Well, quit your job then. Uh, 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. 
MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. You're invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features and archives. There are a lot of them. You can go all the way back as late as 2006. And it's all free. The last week's worth are right at the top of the page. And then click into the archive section to go way back. All free. Courtesy of HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, the experts at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com can help you. They've got 4,500 free templates there for you to build from which to build your website. 99%, uh, 99.9% uptime guarantee and 45-day money-back guarantee, 24-7 technical support. And your first month completely free if you go to hostgator.freetalklive.com. All right, toll-free number again, 800-259-9231. Let's go and continue taking your calls about what you want. Andrew's in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Andrew in New Hampshire. Going once. Andrew in New Hampshire, going twice. Let's try and Can you hear me now? Oh, there you are. Go there ahead, you sir. Are. Uh, I would like to talk about uh, pardoning power, and as it pertains to uh, uh, during nullification, or in the case of uh, Ademo being uh, uh, convicted uh, in air quotes of uh, contempt of court. Right, our friend uh, Demo in jail right now for 60 days because he spoke out in a uh, a manner that was uh, very upsetting to the man in the uh, the dress, and so uh, he was punished with 60 days in jail, and he's sitting there now. So you're saying there are some options? Well, in terms of New Hampshire, um, it is possible uh, in theory, uh, or at least as the Constitution's written, that uh, Demo could be pardoned. Uh, or have his uh, sentence commuted. Um, basically, what would have to happen is the governor would have to schedule a meeting of the executive council, and he would have to put the issue up for discussion with the executive council, and then he would have to listen to their uh, opinion on whether or not they would like to pardon him. And then, as long as the governor agreed, then... Uh, he could get pardoned or have his sentence uh, commuted. Got it. So there are some ways that uh, they essentially go above the head of the the man with the dress uh, to to make that happen. Way but, above. You know what, be... <laughs> what the likelihood of that actually occurring would be uh, questionable. What would you suggest the best way to go about that would be to just barrage them with uh, phone calls or office visits or something like that? Do a sit in. I mean, how would you uh, how how would you go about getting them to to bring attention to this? Well, I mean, if you look at the situation with Ward Bird, a guy who was uh, um, convicted of criminal threatening with a firearm um, in Carroll County, 
Uh, he actually just got his sentence commuted. Uh, really? Basically because the, he did uh, just today. Um, the governor blocked his uh, ability to get a pardon, said he wasn't going to consider it because the, uh, the, it was uh, thoroughly reviewed by the uh, justice. Uh, so this is a man, just to get a little more detail, Ward Bird is somebody who is on his own property, had some trespassers, as I understand it, and essentially was carrying a weapon or, hold, you know, I guess, holstered or something like that. He had a weapon on him. At, again, it's his own property, and he asked them to leave. He never actually waved it at them. He never actually pointed it at them. But yet they convicted him of some sort of a felony and sent him to prison. Uh, correct. But and, now his uh, sentence has been commuted to where he is now able to get out of prison, but yet he still has a conviction on his record. Exactly. The uh, they you know essentially they commuted his sentence to time served. Hmm. So you know he still has a felony conviction on his record, which you know carries with it a whole host of uh, real problems, negative. Well, yeah, negative consequences. Being uh, the only him, felon but, in the room, the, I can assure you that getting out of jail beats all the rest of that. I mean, no doubt, you know, no doubt, the, but that's could, the big deal. Could there. he still appeal the conviction even though he's even though it's been commuted? Yes. Uh, well, he could, but he had already appealed uh, his conviction uh, on see. the grounds of a mandatory minimum sentence that he had received because he got, I believe, a three-year minimum sentence, mm-hmm. or at least, uh, I believe, yeah, it was a three-year minimum sentence because it was a crime involving a, a felony involving a firearm. Um, so, so he already appealed that to the Supreme Court and they kicked it back in his face? Yeah, they pretty much said, well, tough luck, uh, you know, you're convicted. Yeah, that's why I just can't justify appealing things to the yeah, Supreme appe- Court because you have to pay them to basically kick something back in your face. Appealing isn't uh, getting another case, uh, another trial. Appealing is uh, you know having them review the trial that you had to see mm-hmm. whether everything was done legally. So you know. I mean. In, in the future, it is possible that uh, Ward Bird could, or you know, anyone else could get a pardon in the future. Um, there's no, you know, kind of uh, you know, exception or you know, you know. There's no statute of limitations on how long a, a governor could, uh, you know, how far back somebody could be pardoned, right? Right. There, there's no stop saying, oh, well, you already tried once, and they, you know considered it or, you know, thought about it, so you can't get a pardon. It's pretty much up to, you know, any governor. So if there were uh, if there were a more liberty-minded uh, governor, in theory, that man could, uh, you know, pardon all kinds of folks if he, if he wanted to, theoretically. Uh, yeah, he could schedule, you know, a laundry list of uh, pardon hearings, you know, with a whole list of names and say, well, all right. I'm going to you yeah. know, have a hearing and listen to what the executive council has to say. That would be an amazing and, day. I mean, I sure hope it could happen at some point where, you know, some politician would actually do something so good as to uh, sit down and say, all right, everybody convicted of misdemeanor or felony drug charges, pardoned. Hey, thanks, Andrew, for the call tonight. appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. By the way, Andrew is, you know, somebody in, in New Hampshire who clearly knows a lot about the uh, the inside of the system. I hope that he and others like him would visit the Free Adamo group on facebook and offer whatever their expertise is because there's a lot of folks in there that have a lot of questions i was meeting up with some activists tonight and there was a lot of talk about you know what motions can be filed what can be done you know people don't know these things i mean one of the things was pointed out was that 
This is a very complicated system. It's hard to understand. And the reason why they do that, the reason why they make it complicated is because they want you to hire a lawyer. They want you to hire yeah. one of their buddies who has been trained in the same schools as the, you know, the judges and the other attorneys uh, to you know, hire them on to handle things like the paperwork. And most folks can't afford that stuff. So, so a lot of the activists up here are, are having to learn the hard way as to how to go about doing stuff like, you know, filing a power of attorney so you can file motions on behalf of somebody that's sitting in a jail cell. And, you know, that's how I've learned everything, just through trial and error and, you know, mostly error. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a few trials. Yeah. <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. But I wish I didn't have to, you know. I wish that there was, like, some attorney who could just take this stuff on and somehow get himself paid by winning cases. I don't know how pos- uh, possible that is. Maybe it'll happen someday, but... There'd have to be damages awarded for that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, more people here makes uh, more of this stuff more possible. And, of course, if, you, if you're interested in the uh, situation with a demo being put in jail for 60 days, copblock.org is following the story. Occasionally, you'll see stuff over at freekeen.com as well. I think copblock is probably the best place to go. And then the Free Demo group on Facebook is uh, where a lot of the action is taking place. 800-259-9231. You take control. Bring up anything that's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. 1-800-259-9231. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. Anything you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. 800-259-9231, website, freetalklive.com. Listening options are available around the clock. We've got uh, 24-7 streaming of our latest episode of the show. You can listen in via dial-up or broadband streams. Plus, there's also listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance, and you can listen to our streams that way. In addition, we've got a webcam, we've got a free-to-air satellite channel, we've got 93 radio stations from coast to coast carrying the show. So go and get the details on how to get tuned in at listen.freetalklive.com. Intern for Liberty. Make a difference, get experience, and get paid. The Institute for Humane Studies is seeking undergraduates, graduate students, and recent graduates for its summer internship programs. They have internships in all kinds of journalism and public policy. The internship includes a generous stipend, housing assistance, career workshops, training throughout the summer. You can visit libertarianinternships.com for more information and sign up to receive updates and reminders. They, uh, people have uh, gone on uh, from these internships to work at places like ABC's 2020, uh, the, the National Review, the National Post, Fox 29. Um, these are real opportunities to, uh, to, to, to get placed in some, some big-time organizations. It's libertarianinternships.com. As we continue taking your phone calls about what you want, Mike is in California on the amp line. Hello, Mike. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about something that some people in the Liberty community in my area, I uh, think should happen. Uh, people believe that there should be voter ID law in the state of California because they think there's widespread voter fraud. Um, I know some. I know you guys aren't too keen on using the political process to change things, but what do you think about requiring people to show photo IDs uh, to vote? Do you think? What's your opinion of that? 
You know, I, uh, that's an interesting question because here in New Hampshire they don't do that either. And there are indeed, again, uh, similar accusations where it's easy to defraud the system. So it would seem to me that if you are going to have a system and everybody is supposed to have one vote, then it would make sense to uh, to identify that person. But on the other hand, I also like the idea of privacy. So I don't know if I have a real easy answer on that one. Well, there has to be some sort of method of validation that um, uh, works that's not overly intrusive. For example, showing your, your license is a lot different than having them make a copy of your license and keeping it on file. Yeah, well, right. That's, that's um, yeah. My if, thing is, is I don't like any more requirements for uh, the government to see our IDs, period. And I guess that's where I'm coming from. This. I think any way you slice it, I think any way you slice it, there's going to be voter fraud, whether or not it's on an individual basis by somebody, you know, voting twice in two different locations or something like that, or it's on a much more larger basis where you've just got the people that are counting the votes that are being fraudulent, or there's you know some sort of inside corruption or voting machines that are you know giving a 1.5 votes to every candidate for every one vote the other candidate receives or whatever. I mean, there's always going to be the chance for some sort of malfeasance uh, to go on. So I don't know if requiring IDs is going to really patch things up entirely. Right. Well, I, I wouldn't think it would uh, patch things up entirely, but um, you know, I guess I guess what do you, what would you what do you propose to do to stop uh, voter fraud because here in the state of New Hampshire and I guess it's that way in California, I couldn't say I don't know the voting laws of every state in the uh, in the union, but you could you really 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 could easily go to poll after poll and say, hey, I live here. No, no, yep. I live at such and such an apartment. No, I don't have to show you anything I demand to be able to vote. And by law, they've got to let you do it. It's true. They'll, they'll try to bluster and get, keep you from doing it, but they've got to let you do it. And I'll tell you, I would suspect that there's been more than one college student that has voted in their hometown and voted in the town that they um, go to school simply because they can do an absentee ballot and it's a relatively uh, simple thing to do. And there have been allegations that there have been people, there have been buses uh, used to to uh, shuttle voters from one district to another. Mm-hmm. And, and up from Massachusetts, where yes. Massachusetts, they, they can vote, they'll have to show their ID, and then they can come up to New Hampshire and kind of scout around and scavenge for extra votes in, in different districts. So if you're going to participate in that system, that voting system, then, uh, you know, I don't see any harm in showing my license for that as long as they don't they don't keep a record of it. But again, that's if you want to play in that system. There are those who don't believe in that. Right. It's a government ID. All right. It's a government. Uh, it's a government ID and a and a government process. My problem is is when the government requires uh, my ID to be shown for things that aren't government oriented, like buying alcohol. Yeah, it just it just bothers me. Why is it that the seventeen year old behind the pimply faced kid behind the counter has to ask me for my ID and then he doesn't get compensated for it? He's the he's the government's deputy and um, he gets no ex- additional compensation for it. So I don't think I've I really. I don't know if I've really answered your question. Think of the people that don't have IDs currently. There are a few in our population that may not be drivers or they may not have state-issued IDs. So they would be required to get one. Wouldn't that amount to you have to pay something to vote? Yeah, I would agree um, with that. You're, you're absolutely time. right. I think you're, you're incredibly valid points that you're, you've made there. I, that's why I feel a little torn on the issue because clearly 
I should not be required. If there is a supposed right to vote, and that's what the government will claim, if there is a right to vote, then uh, you there should you know there you shouldn't have to jump through a bunch of hoops. Well, that's an issue of whether the government uh, should or should not charge for IDs. Now, I don't know what it's like to have a state ID. I've seen I've never had one. I've only had the uh, the driver's license. But there should be a. But it's not about just charging, Mark. It's also about the obedience of getting one. It's also about having to subvert yourself and show a birth certificate or whatever. What if I don't have a birth certificate? Then I've got to go and pay to get a birth well, certificate well, well, and try to get it. But, it up. but you know what? How is it that you prove that you live in a particular town in order to be able to vote in that town? Um, well, they. I, you could, you'd have to I, swear when I went to register to vote, they didn't ask for any of this stuff. But I brought things that had been mailed mm-hmm. to my address because I know that that's a way to prove that I live there. It's because, something, sure. Right. It's mm-hmm. well. It's it's something to do to, to uh, you know to prove to these people. And I just I, swore on an affidavit. You know, an affidavit's one thing, but you know they don't follow these things up. Yeah. No, they don't. I mean, the whole system is rife for fraud, is rife for fraud, and will always be rife for fraud. Which is why it's hard for me to, you know, spearhead something like that to get any way excited about adding in another requirement as far as uh, restriction on whether or not somebody can go and, and cast a ballot. But I can see the the other side of the argument too. Me too. You know, a current well, utility bill. Know, Sorry, go ahead. As far as I know, um, in order to get a state issued ID or driver's license of some sort, you'd have to have a document that you most likely would have to pay for, like a birth certificate, social mm-hmm. security card. Uh, well, I, I would think you would need maybe something more than that, but usually you have to pay something for get copies of those documents. So at some point, you're going to have to pay some form of a monetary, um, you know, money in order to vote if you have a voter ID law. Yeah, um, that's. A, I think that's a problem. Right. Um, so there's some people in the liberty community that are really pushing it, and I'm trying to tell them that's not really a liberty issue. I would agree with you there. Um, it's absolutely not a liberty issue. That's a minor uh, issue, technical issue as to how a voting system should work. And I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Liberty issues, in, you know, a proposed issue that's supposedly a liberty issue would have an increase in liberty you know, or a decrease in, in tyranny if... Uh, if indeed it was moved forward, well, I think that some people want for themselves a foundation of a uh, electoral system that works, and so they want to start with a foundation that you won't works. ever have it. What's that? You won't ever have it because it's well, always going to be right for fraud in various oh, different ways. Well, you, you'll never have a car that doesn't break down e- either, Ian. But yeah. you can do maintenance upon that car in order to minimize the breakdowns. Yeah. So well, to suggest I mean, that spending time to say that I issue. should never buy a car because it might break down is kind of short-sighted, wouldn't you agree? You only have so much time if you're going to spend time on an issue. This is not a liberty issue to spend it on. I would agree, it's not a liberty issue. I would also guess that a lot of the voter fraud that we that we see is actually um, worse for liberty candidates than than establishment thugs. So, you know, that that's something to consider, too. So 1-800-259-9231, regardless of what the rules are, regardless of what the voting systems uh, ins and outs are, the real factor that's going to make a difference for any sort of... Pu- you know, p- positive change regarding liberty is, is numbers and concentration of activists. That much uh, is true. Yeah. So get people together, get them all in one place, and then worry about the details. The people that don't have their Social Security card and don't have their uh, birth certificate are people that are significantly less likely to even want to bother to vote. Maybe true. 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. toll-free here in the remaining moments. Enough time for your thoughts on whatever you want to discuss. 800-259-9231. It's been a busy night on the phones, which is always nice because uh, you get to control the airwaves and we don't have to do much work. (laughs) 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 Not that this is really any work involved. This is radio. Uh, So... 800-259-9231 is the number. In fact, uh, I've got an email here that's relating to the escort situation we discussed earlier tonight. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, something far more titillating. (laughs) Titillating. (laughs) Titillating. uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. And if you're giving candy again, well, you need to get creative because that's what shows the people that you love that you care. This year, get George's Famous Baklava. George's Famous Baklava is walnut pastry with over 50 layers of melt-in-your-mouth phyllo. All the ingredients are premium and natural to ensure only the best taste. It's shipped in a special container, priority mail, so it gets to you fast, fresh, and delicious. And it gets to you in uh, fast, fresh, and delicious. I just got mine, and it is all of those. You can order by Tuesday, February the 8th to make sure that you have it in time for Valentine's Day. But, you know, you should just go ahead and do it right now mm-hmm. so that uh, you don't forget. Because you, you don't want it to be February 9th, and then you've got to go out and get uh, a box of chocolates. Do you have any more of that in the freezer? I do, and I may be willing to part with some of it for you, Wayne. <laughs> I want some right now. <laughs> it is good stuff. You can get George's Famous Baklava at mandrick.com, M-A-N-D-R-I-K. There's no C in mandrick, mandrick.com. Yeah, and as Wayne points out, it, it freezes very well, too. So if you stock up. Obviously, you're paying for shipping, so you know you want to make sure that you get you know, get a whole bunch. I mean, the stuff is great, and it, it'll sit on ice real good, and it'll last you a long time. I've had that box in there for a few months, actually. And it's a great for entertaining you have something in the freezer no doubt about it so uh, an email here from a lady listener who says that she i guess it uh, has been an escort we were talking to an escort earlier in the show tonight so an additional perspective on uh, escorting and that that whole business prostitution and she uh, talks about how she did it in belgium and the netherlands where prostitution is legal without zoning laws being involved. They have red light districts, which, by the way, aren't dirty back parts of town. In point of fact, the red light districts usually have the highest priced retail, uh, real estate property in the whole city. Why? Because the buildings generate so much revenue. In those districts, zoning does uh, does apply because it's allowed to stand, or ladies are allowed to stand nearly naked in front of the windows to advertise their wares. When a girl chooses to work from home or on location or in massage clubs, zoning laws don't intervene because no half-nudity is shown in public. 
pimps and forced prostitution is nearly unheard of in Europe. I bet it is. I, you know, when you if somebody can go to one of these clean places with uh, ladies that are tested and certified and all that stuff, I don't think that you would even have a situation with pimps and uh, street prostitutes and and these situations. I, it seems unlikely to me that you would have the uh, the situation where you have uh, sex slaves and and people that are kidnapped in order to do this kind of thing. It. I, I suspect strongly that those things are mitigated in a marketplace where it's free. This, this I would agree with you. And uh, she points out that, though she says it does happen on rare occasion with Eastern European girls being brought into the country under false pretenses and then forced to strip or prostitute themselves in the back of clubs. And it would seem that that would really only appeal to a certain type of guy, the kind of guy who... Hiring like a dom or hiring a dominatrix is not good enough where he wants to be in control of a real honest-to-goodness slave, somebody who is totally under his control right. well, and is You're never going to be able to create the marketplace where uh, you know the criminals yeah. are, are – I mean you just can't create a marketplace where criminals don't exist. Right. But the problem with the marketplace here in the United States is that it is taking regular Johns and turning them into criminals. It's, it's making it so that not only are they uh, you know, making prostitution uh, criminals. But they're they're making it so that, um, you know, there's this motivation to get young girls, girls who are 13, 14, 15, 16 year old, because they're more manipulatable. Yeah. And then they can they can force them into a life of uh, sex slavery. And these guys don't even know it that are going there. Native girls, however, never get forced into the trade. Not that she's heard of, at least. And they usually start in their late teens to make easy extra cash. I'll bet. She says, I used to work in both the red light districts in Amsterdam and Antwerp. And the reason I chose to work in the red light districts instead of in clubs or by using an escort service is because you stay as your own boss. Clubs and escort services usually take a cut anywhere 40 to 60 percent and often even have you registered as an employee, which means that the state would then take another cut on top of that. When working in a red light district, the girl chooses her building and reserves a window for a shift. The shift lasts 12 hours. Prices for a window per shift vary depending on the location of the building, the quality of the building, the services offered, and the day and the hour of the shift. Better locations and buildings obviously cost more, but night shifts and weekend shifts can also often cost 50% more than day shifts. Usually, I got one of the most expensive windows in weekend night shifts. They cost about $200 to $250 for a U.S. dollars for a shift. Now, that seems pretty expensive, but I was, uh, it was less than I would have had to pay a club or an escort service for the same amount of work. For that price, I got a prime location, prime shift, and 24-7 security in the building with alarm buttons set throughout the room. If something went wrong with a client... One push on the button, and there'd be a bulky guy in the room to save the day. I bet there would. That's pretty neat service there. Great little market development. In the red light district, you also see the free market in action quite beautifully, seeing that girls often advertise recent STD tests in their windows in order to attract do. clients. I mean, that, that would, that's going to be high on the list of somebody who's going there. They're going to want to know that information. Girls with documented recent tests could charge more, as well as girls who speak the client's own language. Prices vary from 50 to 150 U.S. dollars for 15 minutes, depending on the quality of the girl and the services required. You get discounts for buying a full hour, but prices never include climax. They're strictly for the time frame negotiated, and if a client takes longer, he has to pay more. Baseline rates are also plain sex. Unless otherwise specified, acts like anal or oral or other kinky things cost extra, and all need to be discussed with the girl prior to going inside. 
Most girls refuse to work without condoms, and those who do usually work the cheaper windows in the back alleys. Mm. There is a very heavy shunning spirit in place within the prostitution community, and girls working without protection would often get in trouble with the other girls. Besides working as a hooker, I've also worked in. BD- I wonder what the motivation is uh, for that. Uh, girls, you know, the girls that chose not to work without a condom. Clients demand it. They're willing mm-hmm. to take the risk, apparently. Yes, I understand. But I'm wondering what the motivation is to shun those girls by the other girls. Why, why do they care? Well, I guess. because the John might, or, might go to them eventually. It increases demand for that, that behavior, maybe. Well, as, as Wayne points out, yeah. those Johns can you know, move around. Yeah. It could be problematic. Both. So besides working as a hooker, I've also worked in BDSM clubs, both as a bartender as well as a pro-dom, a professional dominant. As a pro-dom, you basically get paid to spank people. Usually in (laughs) pro-dom services, sex is not included, and the dom doesn't even take her clothes off. Actually, we had a lengthy uh, discussion a few years ago with Miss Ann from Indianapolis, and uh, she's a longtime listener. This was way, way back. That interview is still available at guests.freetalklive.com look for miss ann yeah i would and have never guessed that this was true that um that, that there's in, no sex involved yeah, in most dom i mean you stuff. would assume that if you're getting the services of a dominatrix that you're probably going to at the end of it no uh, usually sex. those guys want to just be humiliated yeah i guess and, and and wait till you hear how much they pay to be humiliated i'm sure they pay a great deal uh usually the sex is not included and the dom doesn't even take her clothes off prices for those sessions start at 300 to 350 dollars per hour depending on what the client wants some pro- <laughs> you'd think you could find somebody to spank you for less than that but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, some pro doms do include a sexual contact such as manually stimulating clients but charge a lot extra for that you will almost never find a pro dom that also offers to have sex with clients and again there's a heavy shunning culture in place in the pro dom community if a pro dom does offer sexual activities it's not so much that offering sex with clients isn't allowed as it's that both clients and other doms won't take you seriously as a dom if you have sex with your slaves. The weird thing about both subcultures is that most prostitutes do offer kinky sex with clients, including spankings and such, and obviously have no problem including sex with that as their prostitutes first. But hookers that do kinky spankings aren't considered real doms in the BDSM community and thus have no problem with being shunned because of having sex with their clients. So it's very interesting. Fascinating. It's fascinating. I'll give you that. Very nuanced, isn't it? This is something I would never find anything out about in in, in my life. I, Mm -hmm. you know, I just it's not something I'm going to stumble across. Okay, play dumb. (laughs) I've asked enough dumb questions that I think I'm pretty convincing. If nothing else, you are. So basically, you know, if you've got more questions, our young lady uh, emailer here is willing to answer further questions. But I mean, she, she's pretty laid out a lot of uh, a lot of good information, I think. Yeah. You know, the um, I, as I said before, these uh, a friend of mine told me about uh, his adventure and going to Germany in one of these red light districts. And they were talking about rates of like twenty five dollars a session. So. You know that's that's significantly different than what prostitution here in the United States uh, costs, and I think that I think you'd see a lot of improvements in those areas, um, and a lot less public money spent on jailing people. We're out of time for tonight. It's Vinny in here with you, and Wayne, and Mark. Back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. 
the successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed Liberty Media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, newsprint, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, the busiest Liberty Forum in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com.